0: Welcome to the Saratoga Podcast. It is Friday. Happy Friday, everyone, and happy reunion. We're back from our summer hiatus with Dan and Adam. It's been a minute, you guys. I've missed you. Quick
1: question well what are we doing on a beautiful day Friday <laughs> inside podcasting I Well is this th- be I'll
2: t- Dan I'll tell you what there's been a there's been a lot going on from uh, a little controversy with the city seal that our own Robert Dalton Robert <laughs> Dalton got caught up in uh, public safety forum meeting uh, interesting city council meeting or one part of it so you know you know when there's uh, when there's spice out there we cook. Yes <laughs> okay.
1: that's
0: right we can't help ourselves we can't help ourselves. that's why we dragged you in from the sunshine.
1: <laughs> I'm loving the weather, by the way. Anyway. Was, I way. know. But
0: now that our summer hijinks and hilarity are over, we're going to get back on our regular Wednesday schedule. But uh, we couldn't make it work on this Wednesday. So we are coming to you on Friday. But we do have a lot to talk about. Um, so should we just jump right in?
2: Yeah, let's start with the this, this city seal. Because uh, this was yeah. a big a big kind of controversy going on in the city. Robin, you were named in multiple, not one, but... <laughs> uh, uh, That's Polish for two. I don't know why people know. But anyway, you were in two uh, articles written by uh, my favorite propagandist, Wendy at the Times Union, uh, that really kind of dragged you into this whole thing. And um, you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: I was. And really quick before we do that, I just want to remind people, um, if you're watching live and you want to call in and comment or just want to share your opinion on anything we're talking about, Feel free to call the number below and um, weigh in. We are happy to hear from you. So, um, as Adam was saying, um, I, have a, I have a that's too late for a
1: loop. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I just, just had to interrupt to follow up on what Adam said. I'm I'm seeing, it and all of a sudden, your name gets dragged in. So, uh, back to you.
0: I know. So here's my special banner for that. No, I don't want the city seal canceled. <laughs> but <laughs> here's here's basically what happened. So uh, back in April, the April 18th, to be exact, there was a city council meeting. It was a long one. Um, There was a lot of contentious issues being talked about. And at some point, the city seal was mentioned casually offhand by somebody. And the city council people actually at the time all kind of offhandedly mentioned that, yeah, the city seal was something that needed to be revisited because it just didn't, it for a lot of people who look at the city seal, especially the big mural painted in the back of the city council room for me personally, it just has always struck me as like, not quite right. Like it just hasn't sat quite right with me. And, um, by the way, I can, I'll put it up on the screen for us. Um, hold on one second. Where are you city seal? Um, uh there it is okay so you can kind of see it there so anyway that's what we're talking about so in the moment it was suggested to me that perhaps um revisiting how the city seal looks would be a good project for the participatory budgeting committee and for those who don't recall the participatory budgeting committee is something that commissioner song V put together um that is um essentially projects that uh any residents can suggest um, that go through a committee and then get voted on by the public to get funded. And it can be, I think they have a hundred thousand dollars every year budgeted um, that can go towards these uh, participatory budgeting projects. And so we're in our second round of doing it. The first round included everything from um, uh, curling, um, Dan that you participated in to um, little bike, uh, bike repair pop-up spots to, you um, all sorts of different things in the community, so it, it can be a myriad of a myriad of projects. So anyhow, I submitted this as a possible project for the participatory budgeting committee to review. This was back in April. I didn't hear anything. I kind of forgot about it. Um, flash forward to about uh, I want to say two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, um, I got a call from Nora Brennan, who's the head of the participatory budgeting committee, and she was like, "Listen, you know, we got your submission, and we just think that." Perhaps there's another way to go about this that might take the politics out of, it, out of it a little bit more and might make it a stronger submission. And she suggested um, proposing kind of a symposium where we asked historians, local historians and regional historians to get together and talk about our city seal, uh, city seals of various municipalities around us. Um, how we came up with this iteration and maybe, you know, possible changes, but really just coming at it from a historical perspective and and not even talking about changing it right off the bat, but just talking about what it is right now and how it com- compares or contrasts to other city seals around us from a truly just a historical lens. And I thought that was a really good idea because I really didn't want this to be political even though there is some inherent politics in it i just truly wanted it to be you know rooted in as much history and historical accuracy as possible so i thought that was a really great suggestion so i went back and i revised my proposal and sent it back to the participatory budgeting committee and it read as follows i said hello i wanted to follow up regarding my submission to reimagine the city seal as a potential participatory budget item after talking with Nora yesterday, I definitely agree that the best initial approach to this project would be to have a symposium of sorts with invited local slash regional historians to discuss our current seal, previous iterations, and other pertinent historical factors. If it was possible to invite the community to an event of that nature, I think it would be a great way to, reintroduce, to, to introduce the idea of reimagining the city seal through the least political lens possible. Um, I very much appreciate your giving this consideration. Thanks so much, Robin. Um, So that was it. So again, I kind of check out, done my thing. Next thing I know, I'm getting calls from Wendy Libitor. I'm getting calls from the Daily Gazette. I'm like, why am I getting calls from Wendy? What what could she possibly be calling me about? Um, I've had a pretty busy week. I didn't get back to her. I suddenly see my name in the Times Union I suddenly see quotes from Dylan Moran that um, my suggestion of doing this is actually a way to throw a political bomb onto the city council and create some kind of political controversy to make the city council look bad. And, you know, he asserts that this is something that I never spoke of during my two years on the city council. So why would I ever be bringing it up now? You know, as if I only had some kind of nefarious political Uh, motivation, which is completely absurd, because first of all, he doesn't know what I thought about or spoke about on my two years of the city council. And in fact, this was a subject that came up and was discussed. It was just discussed in one of the committees that I formed, and we discussed it significantly and just decided it was something we couldn't take on. Um, but I was completely gobsmacked because I couldn't believe that really my name was being publicized and this proposal was being publicized the way it was. But then ultimately, the Participatory Budgeting Committee decided not to move forward with this proposal. So it was literally put out to the media for no reason other than to create some political controversy. And I don't even really know to what end. I guess just to make me look like an asshole. I I don't really know why, Um, but the whole thing left a horrific taste in my mouth. And I was really shocked about what went down and and how it went down. And um, I spoke with Nora Brennan again this morning and I was really happy to hear that she was also very unhappy with how things were handled because for people who are submitting proposals to this committee, This shouldn't be how they're handled, you know, whether they're whether they proceed with them or not. Um, They shouldn't be publicized in this manner. They shouldn't be politicized in this manner. And um, the whole thing was just really crappy. Yeah. Let me let
2: me let me let me jump in here, uh, Robin. Yeah. Again, the one thing I kind of left my head scratching is how did this get to where we're at, right? Like, how did this was an idea? You're no longer the commissioner of public safety, right? Or you're not a candidate, you know? Where it's where where you're, it's it's ideas that are brought forth might might be there might be a public interest in knowing. Um, Personally, I think this was a horrible idea. I think our city, see, you know, if you look at uh, Washington crossing the Delaware, that painting, full of historical inaccuracies. Very powerful painting, though, and we can talk about whether we should change the seal or not. But you stick by your, your. Wait,
0: by the way, you know this isn't our original city seal, right?
2: I, well, I did from from what you said. I did not know. Okay,
0: yeah. Right. So there's yeah. been a couple iterations, which I just think is an important factor in all of this. Is that it's not our original city seal. But anyway, right. 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 yeah, yeah. Can I briefly interrupt. Can this you guys hear caught? Go ahead, Dan.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. My my screen is froze for my picture. I just want to make sure you can you can hear me. Yes, we can hear we you. To, okay, keep it. going. So, so
2: for you to, and, and I will say this: I, I, I think the public as a whole, you, you know, I, I threw it up on my Facebook group, and and you know, I think like ninety percent of the people were like, "This is a bad idea." Now, it wasn't framed the way you were framing it, right? If it was framed right. a little more, it's they want
0: to like change,
2: cancel deal. it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but politically, so so you know for me and it's interesting i'm trying you know having the insight sometimes we know what's going on but we can we we sound crazy if we say it so we don't we kind of allude to it i have no idea why this was be brought forward to something that should be dead and then and then it keeps on being run with and and the idea that you would you would you know hey i'm going to put something really something that's not not popular and very controversial out there to you know that that will reflect on you and not necessarily the 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 any city council members they don't bring it up. It to me just ludicrous. So uh, I I just think I, I think it's something's going. You know, this is the problem I have with Wendy and the Times Union. To be honest with you, is that what what is what, she just carries their water with this stuff? Why is this a story? Who cares? Um, what is she trying to achieve? What's the political goal? She you know she just runs with the dem the committee Dems in the city and just carries their water and writes what they want. And it's just sometimes you you know what I what know. the heck is going on.
0: Well, and why are they why are they running to her with the story? Because it's a proposal that isn't moving forward. That's yeah. Not- if nobody said anything. Then that we're is not a talk great about, question. are not even talking about it. That, yeah.
1: You, you you had a great question. So what I'm hearing is our, our city leaders in the middle of the day, when they have something that could be handled uh, 99 different ways, they choose the 100th way, which is to pick up the phone and call the press and of a lot of things, and and the accusations were nonsensical too. Okay, Robin's throwing a bomb, blah blah blah. For for what end? Like, yeah. Finish that. Finish that. That accusation. Oh, uh, you can't just say a generic to stir up the pot and to cause mayhem in politics. To what end, Robin? Would you do that to stir the pot? Hey, that bothers me. That there, it's it's a lot of the same, right? This we've seen versions of this over time, where they simply would pick up the phone and talk to the person involved. They wouldn't have to call up the Times Union and and blindside you and things like that. Or, or they just don't say anything, and everything just goes away. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: and I also have to say, it's they all logical. they all agreed with this sentiment at the city council table. And then also in the Times Union article, their poet laureate Jim Bruhawk agreed and very eloquently described in detail why, as a Native American, it was offensive and and was a very stereotypical depiction of Native Americans, and why he thought it should be revisited. And that's their their poet laureate. This is someone who Dylan describes as like his, you know. Lifelong best friend. And but all of that gets pushed aside just because they want to make some weird political point that has to do with me that, again, to like what end? it just made none of it made any sense. And the whole thing really was just a waste of space, a waste of energy. And it just pissed me off. The, yeah a waste, of, I, space I, and a waste
1: I, of energy we we're seeing a lot of that uh, these days aren't we yeah,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. I, I just find this humorous routine reading those articles and then all of a sudden robin do what the heck does robin Dalton? it's it the thing but you know what, why are you referred to multiple times in this but anyway all right. Anyway, right let's move on moving on there was a city council meeting anything i think you, you robin you're a resident city council expert anything interesting
0: Okay, so two things. There was a public safety forum that I wanted to talk about first and then go into the city council meeting. All right. So all there was a public safety forum that was held just going to say it was the day before school started, the night before school started. So maybe not the best date, but I have to encourage, you know, the spirit in which it was being held, which was the public was being invited to give feedback on the police department and how the police department was doing, you know, positive, negative, whatever. Um, Wait, Robin,
1: that was a requirement in the 50, 50 points. So the the you know the spirit it was more about fulfilling a requirement in, in the 50-point oh, plan.
0: All right, my bad. Recall. I forgot that point in the 50 points, so my mistake. Okay, so forget about the spirit. They were just trying to check a box. Maybe that's why <laughs> yes, I think so. school started. And yeah, because it was a really shitty night to choose because most parents I know were like up to their eyeballs getting their kids ready for school the next day. But anyway, um, it was fairly lightly attended. But my criticism of it and basically why I think it went the way it did, because it went really off kilter, was that there was no plan. There were multiple members of the command staff from the police department and officers from the police department there. Um, Jim Montagnino was there. Our new chief, Chief McIntosh, was there. But in my opinion, if you're going to hold a forum like that, you have to have some structure to it, and you have to prompt the audience, to, and by by you know, going through some of the initiatives that you've been doing as a department, and saying you know, do you have any feedback on this? But or, but having some structure to it, not just saying like, okay, we're here, you know, giving some introduction, and then just sitting back and saying like, so does anyone have any comments about the police department? Because inevitably, um, especially because Jim Montanino is just he just has. Terrible, terrible instincts when it comes to public discourse in this position. And
1: yes, yes. So yes.
0: There was a parent who I know fairly well. She has a child in my child's class who brought up a concern um, about uh, there was a story a while back about a kid who was being abused, and um, one of the school um, Uh, school resource officers, one of our SROs, uh, picked up on it and accompanied this child to the hospital and and whatnot. But in the press release and the media release that the police department and public safety department put out, there are a lot of identifying characteristics about this seven-year-old child that would lead someone to pretty easily identify who the seven-year-old child was. And so this mother was bringing up the fact that she really thought that that was not okay and that the privacy of victims, especially children who are victims, should really be kept private and, and those details should not have been shared. And instead of just saying, of course, we agree that the privacy of victims is you know, a, a priority of the police department, especially the, the, the privacy of victims who are children, Jim got into it with her. And was trying to prove that, you know, in this case, it was warranted, or that didn't really happen in this case. And it just went, they went back and forth and back and forth. And it just, I mean, for 10, 15 minutes, I mean, it, it just, he couldn't, he couldn't just agree and, and, and move on. And it was just like, from the get go, I think it set the wrong tone for the forum. I mean, he set the wrong tone for the forum. And then we, we devolved into some Black Lives Matter issues, And he said some really, in my opinion, inappropriate things, like comparing um, when Chandler and Ells kind of filibustered the public comment period, um, and he he charged them um, for uh, disrupting a public proceeding, as you recall, those moments. He compared that with basically the January 6th rioters. Like, he compared the two things, which is really, really horribly offensive because although what Ells and Chandler did was disruptive and shut down a city council meeting, it's nowhere in the same universe as what people were doing at the Capitol on January 6th. So to draw any kind of comparison is going to be extremely offensive and extremely triggering for people making a public comment. Um, on behalf of Elzer Chandler. And that's exactly what happened. They got super upset, super worked up. And then ultimately, their uh, things devolved into like a screaming match between one of the members of the audience and two, two of the members of the audience. And so for a time period, we were all just sitting back and watching two or three people in the audience just scream at each other. And Commissioner Montanino wasn't doing anything. Chief McIntosh wasn't doing anything. They are all just sitting back and watching, and I was thinking to myself, "Wasn't this supposed to be a forum about giving feedback to the police department about things we like, like or don't like?" And instead, we're watching community members like go at each other over issues having nothing to do with the police department. Like, it was bad. It well, was I'll bad. say you
2: know, let's I, 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 let's take a step back here because I will say that that that. Disrupting the flow of government. I mean, I, I I think I often compare the far left locally to the far right nationally. Now, the far right nationally, those actions had much bigger implications of what they were doing and what they're trying to do. But we've seen the far left just, you know, breach lines that they should not breach. We've seen them physically grab things they should not be grabbing well, from, from. I'm they've sorry. Seen to shut, um, try to shut down our, 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 our form of government. Now, do the comparisons exactly know what they were trying
0: when they were What's trying that? to kill, when they were trying to kill our vice president, when they were trying to stop stop the peaceful transfer of power, when they broke into the Capitol, when they were killing, trying to kill police officers. I mean, I'm sorry, that is not the same. That is not that is a total false equivalency.
2: Well, I, I, I disagree because I think I think the severity does not make it a false equivalency, right? So so the the violence used on January six was certainly different. The try, you're you're correct with the trying to the trying to um, obstruct the peaceful transfer of power. Certainly different, but, but the it, idea of, of uh, asserting your f- political will through kind of physical um, disruptive it, activities, if you boil it down, that that that's we can't stand for that at any level. It's not like well, but if, it wasn't as long physical.
0: They were standing on a microphone and they were using their voice to express. Did they their grab opinion. the microphone from somebody. They. Grabbed a microphone from someone, but that is, I mean, on the scale of physicality, I think that is like as minute as you can get. Well, you're talking about a
2: city with fifty thousand people compared to our nation, so yes, the the scales. You're 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 absolutely right. Where the scales are, but like that's like saying like somebody who you you know, you know, I don't know. Okay, but we
0: digress. Would you not agree that that would be a triggering statement to make at this public safety forum to the people commenting?
2: Uh, I think I, you know, to be honest with you, I think this is why Jim gets some attention. I think this is why and this go, go, this is why Jim gets some attention right now because I think there's a lot of people in this city who don't think that our city council should let our meetings be shut down, should be, like be filibustered, and that we we have to do something about it. and and and, and four of our city council members, are either unable or unwilling or in, in, in or in agreement with with how these 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 uh, our government is progressing and how our meetings are being
0: held
1: and i think a lot not of people what
0: don't this disagree forum that. was about that's not what this forum was about you well, know
1: what I, mean? I don't know if, if, I, know if I could I jump in about, if i could I jump in about. here in a minute um and, and sorry and and um this this video is online on the city website it's hard to find you gotta look under specialty so i did watch half of this and uh hopefully i at least indirectly address the the problem with 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 this adam is if you see the whole thing and jim is maddening because he's the most black and white person at times that i know and if i could shift into something else he said and if you see it all adam you you might come back and say okay i see it now i see robin's point i'm not necessarily taking the time here but the cahoots program jim was asked a question of how many of the 50 points were implemented and he said 37, and let me touch on you know the other 13, and and then he said, for instance, a cahoots program is not appropriate for Saratoga Springs. Now let me, and that's pretty much verbatim what he said. He said, or Eugene, Oregon had it, and they started it. There's seven What's times the our size. Program. Uh, I'll explain that it. it's a um, uh, it's an acronym. Oh, you know, and I wrote it down, and um, acronym for uh, Wow. Okay. It is, well, I'll I'll say it, it reduces and unnecessarily, it's a pre-arrest diversion pilot that reduces unnecessary and potentially dangerous police encounters with unhoused and seriously mental individuals. In other words, civilians along with the police department. But let me read you item number 36 that Jim said he wouldn't, because Jim said, I won't do a CAHOOTS program. But 36 didn't say that. It said, evaluate and develop a community-based pre-arrest Diversion pilot program, such as the CAHOOTS program, that reduces, un, uh, with an emphasis on such as, uh, that reduces unnecessary and potentially dangerous police encounters with unhoused and seriously mental ill individuals. And Jim unqualifiedly said, a CAHOOTS program is inappropriate for a city this size. I won't do it. I won't do it. And he completely missed the the, the spirit of this, of this thing. Some sort, some sort of community-based diversion pilot program seems to be in order, Jim. Which, uh, it wasn't mandated that it had to be a CAHOOTS program that was given as an example. And I'll give credit where credit is due. Kristen Dart stood up and, and said yeah. that really much more succinctly than I did. Um,
0: uh and by the way, we, that's we, what we, is
1: maddening about Jim. And I we, think that's your point, Robin, with the comparison that he shouldn't have done that.
0: We, we have something like that with our homeless court which is meant to keep our homeless out of, um, you know, constantly cycling through the, the jail system, basically, and meant to divert them into programs that, and, and the services that they need. I mean, we have something like that that has been super successful. And basically, essentially what it boils down to is having, so, and t- Dan, tell me if I'm wrong, but it's having social workers kind of teamed up with the police So that when they respond to people in our unhoused population, they could have social workers there that could connect them with services versus having a police officer whose really only recourse is to basically arrest them.
1: Yes, or that it's not even a police issue to begin with. Uh, Adam Cahoots, Crisis Assistance Helping Out on the Streets, uh, the acronym for that um this is and, a funny word well, yeah yeah, yeah, a yeah word. i know it's a, like a uh, board game. Kept saying they, they're paying them 15 dollars an hour what kind of quality training well jim it, the, no no one's saying it had to be that there was yeah. an example and yeah. then he fired up the crowd and you know it delved into some the, oh. the, the video on the city website less than an hour long so folks if you want to look again it's under the specialty category and, things and, on the city website are not easy to find you're gonna have to hunt and peck a little bit.
0: and then he said and then he said um Um, the the example I give everyone is if Paul, when Paul Pelosi was attacked, if a social worker had shown up when Paul Pelosi was being attacked, he would most certainly be dead today. And I was like, like, maybe, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it was just like, why would you bring up a what is unfortunately a controversial national example of someone being attacked and say, if a social worker showed up when that was happening, that, that man would be dead. I was just like, what, you know what I mean? Like it's
1: nonsensical. The police would never send a social worker to an assault in progress. That has
0: nothing to do with an unhoused person. I, 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 it was totally like it just, everything he said was so, Again, like I hate this word, but kind of triggering. It just made everything. He was like he was like a professional escalator that night. He kept escalating. Uh, the the, he was the opposite
2: of cahoots.
0: Yes, he was the opposite of cahoots. Everyone's concern <laughs> that they were bringing up instead of addressing it in a, a way that was satisfactory. He was just escalating their concern. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it, sure. it, it, it wasn't it wasn't great. It it wasn't great, and I yeah, felt.
2: But- he gets to check the box that was that meeting was held, right? I, I assume nothing came out of it. And no, they
1: nothing
0: said, came out of they it. They said
1: they're going to do a quarterly. I hope they do, but to Robin's point, I hope they do a much better job of, of structuring it and not just do it to check the box. Uh, it, the police officers there, I, I don't want to say, you know, I i, I think at, at Jim's level it felt like checking the box. The police officers there seemed engaged and really had good feedback. You know, we're focusing on Jim. Uh, there, there was, as you mentioned, Rob, there was a panel there. And what the uh, uh, what I saw from the police officers was a, a lot of engagement and uh, they they did communicate well.
0: The commissioner, like, shouldn't be there. If it had just been the police officers, I think it would have gone a million times better because every answer they gave was substantial, was detailed, and actually had to do with law enforcement and how this specific police, op- police department is operating. You know, Officer Stryme talked about how he's been on bike patrol downtown and how that's been like really um, uh, impactful for him because he's been able to engage with our unhoused population and really form relationships with our unhoused population and really help them get into programs and really um, get to know them in a way such that when issues come up, he can handle them in a much more effective manner. And, and just hearing from him talk about that was so much more effective than hearing you know Commissioner Montanino's babbling about cahoots oh you know uh, for going on and on and on about the freaking cahoots thing.
1: I, I expect the commissioner to be there, but maybe he can just oh, be quiet. Maybe I know. he can be quiet. Well that that I think that leads us into another interesting article
2: that, that came out about uh, the democratic committee, the four Democratic commissioners besides Jim oh, Montemino, yeah. and the endorsements and the money and and some interesting things going on where, uh, if I have this right, that the, the four Democratic sitting members besides Jim are all endorsing Kristen Dart, an independent, uh, as for her run for commissioner of public safety. Uh, the Democratic committee, though, uh, by a vote, voted to still give Jim $1,000 towards his campaign. So it just seems a lot of disconnect in our local Democratic Party.
0: You guys, I got to ask you about this. So, okay, so the way I read it was they had this press conference where they all came out and said that they're supporting Kristen Dart, even though she's not the endorsed Democratic candidate. While I'm reading this, I now did my eyes deceive me or did I read that Jim Montenegro and his deputy were at the press conference? Yes. Yeah. Why were well, they there?
1: Well, I mean, they weren't leading it. They were watching it. I give, I give them credit for showing up. You know, you're going to so slam ridiculous. me. I'm going to show I, up and you're going to do it to my face.
2: I, that's kind of trolly. I don't know. It's that, so
0: bizarre. Here's the thing. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's my experience that no one walks into the ballot box and looks at the person who's on the Democratic Republic or Republican line and says to themselves, okay, now is this the endorsed Democratic candidate or the unendorsed Democratic candidate? I don't think people make that distinction. I think well, that's Jim a Jim very-
2: is still endorsed, right? As, so Jim is still the Democratic. He is. He's on the line. He's, that's the ed- he's just not endorsed by the four sitting Democratic right. commissioners and mayor.
0: Right. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I, I'm not sure these four on the city council are speaking to anyone outside their own echo chamber, personally. I don't think it moves the needle. What do you guys think?
1: Um, you know, someone I was conversing via email with someone on this issue someone very smart pays attention someone I think very objective no Dan we and... talked on the phone <laughs> <laughs> I think you're very smart and pretty hard objective too. Oh um, and and he used the word nakedly political and at least with two of them uh, that were there, I think that's I think there's you know ambition and skullduggery and, and a lot of things going on rather than doing the right thing. That's my take on it now Jim Jim um, Jim shouldn't be voted back in but you know the answer is Tim Cole <laughs> that's my now that's my personal plug for Tim Cole.
0: Well I have to say if they were thinking strategically, I mean it seems to me the more they encourage people to vote the more they encourage Democrats, which is who they're speaking to as Democrats really, the more they encourage Democrats to not vote on the Democratic line but to vote for Kristen Dart on her community first line the more opportunity Tim Cole has to win with his independent line and the Republican line. So to me, it does seem like it's pure, I don't know, passion without strategy.
2: Yeah. But what do they think they're going to get with Tim Cole? Right. I mean, well, okay. So this is the first question. Do they think now, do they think that, that Kristen Dart can win on a independent line? Now I know people, not in politics, or people who loosely foul politics. And sure, you know that's it's possible people, but I can tell you from firsthand experience, the majority of Saratogians do not vote. They go in and vote party lines, right? So, like you were saying, no matter how how how, how much they might agree with who your politics agree with, they're going to vote party lines. So for Chris and Dart to not be on a major line, I think is a big, big uh, the hurdle to overcome. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just don't I don't see that happening.
0: If, I have if
1: if, if if part of the motivation for one or two of them was simply to enhance their liberal progressive credentials, hey, I endorsed Kristen Dark. And even if she loses or whatever, even if it doesn't move the needle, I think there's one or two there that are, want that image and that want that that uh, credit that I endorse the, the the liberal progressive candidate. Look at me. I'm a pure liberal. Remember me down the road when I run for a different office kind of thing. Yeah. That's and Jim, Jim, Jim did say that. He, he Jim made a great point of, listen,
2: you know, Saratoga BLM is just a uh, – it is a force in, in, in whatever way you want to say they're a force. And and there's something that that any politician here has to address. And so is it, you know Jim Montanino essentially said this is uh, Mayor Kim and, and the rest of the 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 um, the council's way of appeasing, kind of throwing you know Saratoga BLMs uh, some. Some uh, 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 s- something good to, to kind of cool the, the, the tone of the rooms in the city council meetings because mm. it's going to be tough to get elected if city council meetings are being shut down by mm. screaming people trying to grab microphones.
0: I will say I really love Kristen. She's someone I consider a real friend. I have so much respect for the fact that she threw her hat in the ring in this race. Our politics don't always align um, but I have looked at Third-party candidates throughout New York State, and I have yet to see any candidate who has been able to succeed on an independent line only. And so, you know, I wish for the best of luck, but I, I do not see a path to victory with just an independent line. So, I'm curious. Especially
2: because you know they referenced Michelle Madigan doing that back in what 2019.
0: Totally different situation. Totally, she had di- totally client. different. Yeah. So,
2: there was no, there was no there was nobody on the Republican line, too. Correct. Right? So it wasn't like there was a Democrat and a Republican. There was there was just somebody on the Democratic line who was uh, an absolute train wreck uh, herself. So, you know, it, it was it was a different it's certainly a different election.
0: She, but also had, see. she also had what you would consider. I mean, in theory, it was you know it it wasn't a Republican or a Democratic line, but she had an independence the Independence Party line, um, which wasn't an independent line in terms of one that you petition for and then you name yourself. It's an actual party line. Um, She also had working family parties. She also had the Sam Party. I think she was was a
2: good. She was a good, strong candidate. You know, yeah. she, 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 had, she was an incumbent,
1: he right?
0: She was an incumbent, was correct? Incumbent. Yeah, you yeah. really can't compare the you can't compare the two the two years at all. They're really apples and oranges. But, um, but
1: the independent candidate can affect the election results. I think we all agree on that, right? Oh yeah. That'd be a spoiler.
0: Proof yeah. is in the pudding. Yeah. Been there, done that. Well, I, you know, I have I, I do have to say, I've
2: been following politics for a little over two years now since I got involved. And since I've gotten involved, the city has swung farther and farther left. Nothing, nothing seeks to shock me of how far left the city will go in their voting and and, and what they do. So I, I, boy, I don't, I just don't know. You know, I would traditional, like you said, Robin, traditional theory says, listen, being an independent line and that's it. Candidate is, is virtually impossible, but but how this city votes is as as and the people who come out and the way the far left can uh, can can you know grassroots get out the vote then who knows but you again, would have I, to spend
0: you would have to spend such a tremendous amount of money to reach vote to reach voters in this city to get them to not be vote cuz we're going to have people who come out and just vote on national sentiment and just vote the dem line because they're Democrats and truly, they're just voting on national sentiment. They don't know the candidates, they're not really following. Maybe they pay attention the week before election, maybe they don't, but by and large, they're just gonna vote their party line and that's it. And that is really the majority of voters, I'm tr- like really truly. If you look at, cause I've been psychotically following politics here for since I moved here in 2007, I've analyzed the numbers this way and that, and and that is the majority of, of voters and how they vote. And so, for example, the only way I got elected in 2019 as a Republican was because I had five ballot lines in 2019. Five, one, two, three, four, five. If I had just been running as a Republican in 2019, I would have lost. But because I had those five ballot lines, I won. So, again, I just don't see, given the way voting patterns have been in our city and in our state and even nationwide, I, I do not see a path to victory with just an independent ballot line um especially when you have an endorsed democratic candidate.
1: Yeah. But back to oh Adam I, I don't want to cut you off. You, no, I was see. just
2: going to do like a we will see, you know, oh,
1: kind of thing okay. well, What 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 I wanted to say was a somewhat disagreement with you on the city being so democratic and I know the results are sort of show that But when you consider the Republicans have not helped themselves in this city, the Republican Party, Uh, for instance, this time, the Dems are going to win all but really maybe uh, one one seat. I I, I see Tim Cole in, in a good spot. But the fact is, three of those seats are uncontested, yeah. and, um, and really four of them are, because the second supervisor seat is going to go to yeah. a, a Democrat, and, and theoretically two of them could go, although I, 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 you know, I think Matt Beach is a strong candidate, so I think he'll get reelected. But I guess last time around, they had some really strong candidates, and they had some weak candidates. Heidi didn't lose by much at all um and and like you said robin you you may have been the spoiler there so i agree with you that definitely that this is becoming more and more of a democratic city but i i think part of part of the election results are are at least have to acknowledge the republican party uh as much as mike brandy seems to have been trying and i give him credit because he was looking for candidates just didn't work out um uh part of that is I don't know if their fault is too harsh a way to say it, but it's the circumstances that uh, the, the the weaknesses of this party in the past two election cycles, you know, either with un- with with empty, you know, with no candidate or maybe not as strong candidates. Well, yeah,
0: you know,
1: still, I, also, I was going to say it's also the Trump effect too. I was you just know. oh yeah, absolutely. It's in twenty
0: nineteen, the only way I agreed to run was if there was no mention of Trump. I mean, I was a true rhino in every sense of the word, and that was appealing in Saratoga. And but, that was before
2: yeah. Trump was really Trump. That was before January 6th. and you, you yeah, know, Trump but Trump really... was
0: still pretty Trumpy in twenty nineteen. He was three years in; it it was still okay. it was, all right.
2: Yeah, three years in, he still was pretty Trumpy, right? Yeah, he right. was but, still pretty
0: but, Trumpy. And I yeah. ran with two Democrats, Meg Kelly and Michelle Madigan, and I all ran together. So I ran with two Democrats with this one Saratoga concept. Um, but so finding a Republican who's willing to run basically with Democrats or run as a, as a very, very moderate Republican when you have such, um, when Trump has such a hold on the national party is difficult to find in general. And then also finding a Republican who's willing to run in Saratoga Springs when you have this history of just loss after loss after loss. I mean, they were very, very confident about their slate of candidates last time around. And all, they all got creamed except for Skip Sirocco, you know, and, and Matt Feach. But Skip Sirocco and Matt Feach were multi-term incumbents. And so why would you put your, in local elections here. I, I, will
2: give, I, I will give Mike Brandy, the head of the Republican Party credit, because he, t- Tim Cole is a Democrat, right? So he's kind of putting, the Republicans, I think I've gotten that message, and they're putting city first. We, you know, with with, with, running, with putting a Democrat up there, somebody who they kind of. They, they think shares right. more of their well, values but but not necessarily is as you know as a trumpian maga republican is a, he was a, a recent
0: he was a recently registered democrat that well story yeah, but, for,
2: but, but can you imagine yeah. the democrats no, putting, somebody, putting, totally. me, like, putting somebody like me on their line with an r behind my name
0: totally totally agree with you totally agree with you yeah um no, I do, I do totally agree with you. And I, I think that if I were Mike Brandy, I would have taken this, this election cycle to kind of rebrand what the Republican Party was citywide. And I think with the establishment of the One Saratoga, also independent line, um, which is kind of a hybrid line, which for people who don't know, there are um, Chris Matheson, um Tim Cole, Michelle Madigan and Matt Feach are all running on the One Saratoga line. So it's kind of a hybrid line, a fusion line. And that could really sway things specifically for Republicans, because it it could give them that extra kind of boost they need um, to win an election. And when he was looking for candidates, he didn't know he was necessarily going to have that line. Um, So we'll see if the one Saratoga line, you know, helps in terms of getting Republicans um, across the finish line. It'll be interesting to see. Let me acknowledge
1: John Saffold, who who I think is a a stand up citizen and and a solid candidate. I I just don't want to gloss over him.
0: I think John Safford is a really, really nice guy. I just think that he's, he's, I wish he was a better political candidate. If he was, he would have been elected already in one of the number I, of campaigns he's already yeah. won.
1: He, he's not a great, great candidate. I'm not, I'm not saying he is, but he's not a bad one either. I think he's a stand up uh, guy, he served his country. Uh, there's a lot oh, to be yeah. said. And, and, and I, I, I wish the Republicans – actually, Chris Matisse, to his credit, would uh, told me once he wouldn't take the Republican endorsement. Uh, you know, he's been at them, to his credit. Um, um, I, I hope Chris uh, – I, I think Chris has a lot to offer. I hope his campaign uh, gets some energy and that it's a spirited, strong, issues-oriented, three-way mayoral race just like the uh, public safety commissioner. Yeah, and um, I think I think
2: John could be the kind of steady ship that this city's looking for. Maybe you know, you know, somebody with with some real leadership experience, with his time in the service, and and his philanthropic his philanthropic past. That you know, maybe he's just kind of the the steady ship that we need to to st- steady this ship, if you will. But hey, guys, I with that, like I'm,
0: the I, I, have to, I
2: have to run, unfortunately. No problem. Um, so it was great chatting with you guys. Uh, and we will see this. We've got to do this next week now. It's election yeah. season. We'll be back next Wednesday. Absolutely. Okay. And
0: I know a lot of the candidates want to hop on. I also know we wanted to quickly make mention. Oh, we'll say bye to Adam. But um, Dan, with your with your frozen, very pensive face, <laughs> um, I know that we did want to quickly make mention of the 9-11, um, uh, a bit of a controversy over the 9-11 ceremony. Um And this was the one thing I wanted to mention about the city council meeting that happened last week. There wasn't a lot to report from the city council meeting. Um, Let me throw that up here. I don't know if you watched it. Did you see it, Dan?
1: I I saw maybe the first uh, 45 minutes of it where they were getting quite along acknowledging the uh, Ben and Jerry's robbery and the the police response and the uh, civilians that responded. Uh, That was very nice because I saw commissioners working together and honoring the people. Um, you know, it's, it's a rarity sometimes. Uh in other words, they were they were they were working with Jim Montanino. I, I criticize Jim Montanino, but he's our commissioner and I expect the other commissioners to work with him. Uh, I wish some of the commissioners would have attended the public safety forum. I believe, Robin, you can confirm because you were there. I couldn't see it online, but I, be- I believe two but two uh um uh the deputy commissioners were there. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, um
1: uh I I was told maybe uh, Angela yeah, Rella, so deputy mayor.
0: I think the deputy mayor was there. If there was another deputy there, I didn't see them. Um, but none of the none of the other city council members were there.
1: Yeah, I, I wish they would. Now, granted, they could have had an irreconcilable conflict, but um, I, I think they were actually. I'm... Do you know
0: where they were? Because I actually saw them in pictures. They were all half a block away at Ron Kim's fundraiser at Max London's. So uh, okay. they were available to go to Max London's for a fundraiser. So I think they were probably available to go to the public safety forum. Just saying.
1: Yeah, I I think it would have been. It's a bad optic. That none of them yeah. were there. It feel it felt like a purposeful thing.
0: I, I don't agree. know that.
1: I don't know that, but it felt purposeful.
0: I agree. Well, the city council. The only thing I was kind of like, oh, this is weird about the city council meeting because there wasn't a lot to note that happened in that city council meeting. Was that there was only one public comment, which, as you guys all know, for the last year and a half with this administration in particular, we've had a plethora of city co- of public comments, just a ton. And so I thought it was kind of odd that there was only one public comment and it was the public comment period was kind of abruptly cut off. Well, then um, there was a story that was posted on the Saratoga Springs politics blog that was really upsetting, I found very upsetting. And I have a lot of really deep and personal and terrible connections to 9-11. And so I found it really personally upsetting as well. But basically um, it was a press release from Mary Beth Delarm. And she was a Red Cross volunteer on 9-11 at the Twin Towers following the collapse of the buildings. And she was serving on the 9-11 Memorial Event Committee, um, which is what basically helping the city plan the 9-11 Memorial that they do on the morning of 9-11 every year. And she was removed from the committee And essentially she was removed from the committee because she made, um, some critical comments towards Mayor Kim and this administration in a previous public comment at a previous city council meeting some months ago. And so she had come to this last city council meeting to, um, make a public comment regarding her removal from the committee and, um, how stunned she was that she was removed from the committee and removed from the ceremony where I guess she was scheduled to speak at the ceremony as well. And for those who want to read the full public comment, um, it's all on Saratoga Springs, politics.com, but it, it's really upsetting. It, it's, it's really upsetting to me that she was removed from the committee. It's really upsetting to me that she was not she wasn't able to speak at the ceremony. It's incredibly upsetting that she wasn't able to speak a public comment um, to express her anger and frustration and sadness over what had happened. I mean, the whole thing—it's really—it was. I was really shocked reading it, and I don't know what your feelings were, Dan, but it was pretty abhorrent.
1: Yeah, there, there are, there are times when I. Uh... Disagree with John Kaufman and what he posts on his blog, but I got to say, lately there aren't too many times that I've disagreed with him. And his post, folks, again, go to that. Robin said it's Saratoga Springs Politics, all one word. dot com. Um, it's really disappointing uh, at times what is happening in this city and the blatant politics that are going on, um, and it seems to be increasing. And and the election, you know, we we have things to. To uh, address those things, and they're called elections. But as we just talked about, so, some of these elections um, are foregone conclusions, at least this year. Uh, so the elections may not be the check on, on that we need on, on these uh, misdeeds, perhaps.
0: Yeah, he literally said at one of these meetings with the 9/11 committee, "quote No one wants to hear another responder's story as a red as Red Cross volunteers weren't really official or important responders." I that's mean, horrible. That, that's horrible. I can't, I mean,
1: that's I horrible. Can't I know is, is that verified or is that alleged? Are I mean,
0: it's a the meeting was recorded. So, right. um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it can be pulled up the video of the meeting. It was, it was a recorded meeting on zoom with the city. And so, um, I'm, I'm sure it can be confirmed by video of that meeting. Um, you know, having known people who worked on the pile after 9-11 and who, you know, got cancer and died because of their work on the pile after 9-11, for him to disparage anyone who was volunteering in that capacity is despicable. And to do it because of a, they were, you know, because of a political slight, because of what this woman had said during a some other public comment period, you know, weeks or months ago is, is just disgusting. I, so. I,
1: I, I worked with a lot of state police members that have since died because of 9-11 illnesses. And it and it went beyond the pile. If you were, you know, streets away, blocks away, breathing oh, yeah. that stuff. So and the Red Cross comes to everything, right? Yep. So um yeah, I just could never imagine even just, dis- you know slightly disparaging the Red Cross. Uh, uh so yeah, that's that that that's just you know we talk about Jim Montanino uh sometimes missing things. Um same goes for Ron Kim at times for different reasons in different ways. Right.
0: Yeah. And I, I hope, you know, I really hope that Mary Beth alarm um, goes to the next city council meeting and, and says her and, and speaks her public comment there, even though, you know, nine eleven 11 has come and gone. I think, I think it's important for her to get those words out. And I, I really hope that she does it um, because, you know, again, that behavior, um, he should be held accountable for that kind of behavior. So, anyway, I don't want to end on a low note. Do we have any um, cheers and jeers? I have, oh, God. Actually, I do have a cheer and jeer. Do you have any, Dan?
1: I do. I do.
0: All right. Why don't you start off with yours? What do you have?
1: Okay. Um, it's, it's a che- I have a cheer and a jeer in the same uh, reference and then uh, a, a quick jeer. Uh, the cheer and the jeer all in one. Uh, Robin, did you read the New York Times article this week about Saratoga Springs?
0: I did it, not. How did I miss that? Uh
1: it like the Chamber of Commerce could have spent a million dollars and not gotten this kind of publicity. It was so positive on Saratoga Springs. It was it was syrupy. It was it was absolutely syrupy. I mean, like you're like, we know Saratoga Springs is wonderful, but like this article even was sort of like over the top. And you know, as a Saratoga, you say, Yay, of course, that's my hometown. I love it, but then you stop and you say, Oh. God, it basically was said, what you haven't moved out of Brooklyn yet and, and, and moved to Saratoga Springs and <laughs> increased the housing prices even more. And, and that's nothing against the, the Brooklyn people or anyone else moving here, but we've got a bit of a, we've got a housing problem here. Homes we that went for 650,000 three years ago are now going for over a million. Um I, I was like as I digested that article, I thought to myself, oh boy, this isn't gonna be good as far as the demand. Uh, the the lack of supply in, in the prices and so forth. It, it, it was great, don't get me wrong, but I, I really couldn't help. And if you do read it, read the comments. There were as many as uh, forty yesterday when I when I followed up on the comments, um, and uh, they, I found them to be some of them to be interesting as well. But it was it was like y- you couldn't pay for this kind of publicity.
0: Oh, I've got to look it up. I'm pumped to read it. I'm going to look it up after this. So that's um- that's like.
1: cheer and jeer on one, and then then the quickest jeer to our Buffalo Bills, Robin, on Monday night. Um, I'm not going to go into it. I'm just going to say let's bring on the Raiders and put that in our review mirror, put the Jets game, the Jets debacle in our review mirror.
0: Dan, you took my cheer and jeer. I was looking forward to that Monday night football. It happened to be my birthday on Monday night. I looked at the football schedule. I could not believe that Monday night football on my birthday was going to be an Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen showdown. It was like the event of the century in my household. The buildup I cannot even describe. Suffice to say, I, I I wish I had roofied myself afterwards because I'd like to forget that night even existed. It was such a freaking bummer. And I mean, all around. I mean, Whatever. Well, we won't get into it. But I mean, from how the Bills played, but also as much as I hate the Jets franchise and kind of want them to be dissolved because I don't think they're worthy of a franchise, I also did not want to see Aaron Rodgers get hurt on the fourth play of the game and be out for the season. That that wasn't what I wanted either. I was excited to see an NFL season with Aaron Rodgers playing for the Jets because I just thought it would make for some great competition. So it just sucked all around. And so that's Mm -hmm. my jeer. I had nothing to cheer for. Nothing. Nothing.
1: I... I I agree with you on, on Aaron Rodgers' injury um, and you're saying the artificial turf may have had something, everything to do with it. Wait, which you is, know
0: what? How or, many, how long have we been saying artificial turf is, you know, one of the main causes of all these bad injuries? Like, put some real grass in. How? I mean, are they ever going to do it?
1: Um, a couple more injuries like this, perhaps, right? Uh, I, I think the Players Association uh, has to demand it, right? We're not going to play on this. We're, we're not going to ruin our, our our careers and our bodies. Uh, for this anymore. And uh, so I think the, I, I put on the players association. Uh they got to address it.
0: Yeah. I grew up with the Johnsons. Woody, if you're listening, it's Robin, Lakin. Put in some real grass.
1: <laughs> well that, don't forget that's a Giants and Jets stadium. So that's there's a lot I would hope the Giants would agree. I would hope Whoever oh, my won, God, know, don't know, didn't even a,
0: bring up the Giants game. Jersey Jesus, God. Another yeah, that was bad, too. <laughs> I know. It was a lot of We were just going to forget week one happened. Let's just go. Every over.
1: New York team had a horrible night because even though the Jets won, they lost their franchise quarterback uh for, for maybe for his career, right? He may never I come know. back.
0: I know. And remember last season when, like, literally all the New York teams were doing so amazing mm-hmm. and, like, they were all winning. Like, we had yep. Sundays where every New York team won. And I was like, holy cow. Like, we came out with such a bang last year. And this is just, like, the – the pits. It was I just mean, one week.
1: We'll so fight for another day.
0: I know. But I know. At least you're right. The All right. Well, so that's uh, the mini the mini Saratoga podcast NFL edition. Uh, recap <laughs> from Dan and Robin. All right. Thank you, Dan. I will see you hopefully this Wednesday. We will get back to our regular schedule.
1: Okay. And hopefully I won't be frozen on the screen hopefully again.
0: Hopefully you won't be frozen. As much as I like your pensive face, hopefully you won't be
1: frozen. <laughs> okay, All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.